Hi guys, welcome back to my channel and to another episode of the Wheat Podcast. I am so excited today because um, for the first time I'll be now sharing my journey alone. Like I'm here on set alone and so I'm excited about this particular episode where I'm going to be sharing about my postpartum journey, my postpartum exp depression experience and just how I managed to rediscover myself and overcome postpartum depression after having a baby. So yeah, if you have not yet subscribed, if you've not yet followed my podcast, The Wheat Podcast, this is your time. Just press the uh, follow button or the subscribe button and share this podcast with or episode, yeah, with anyone who would enjoy it, yeah. So let's dive right into it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Wheat Podcast. My name is Maggie and through this podcast, I hope that we can delve deeper into issues and have holistic conversations on situations and things that you'd normally ponder about and ask, what is that? A bit of definition, um, and this is my layman definition, what is postpartum depression? I think this is depression that you experience after childbirth. And upon extensive research, I also realize and acknowledge that it is also caused by a shift in hormones right after birth. Hormones can shift, like can really drop estrogen and progesterone. And I think another hormone produced by the thyroid gland. So you might find that your body is experiencing a huge change and this can affect your moods. So if you are watching this or listening to this and you've experienced postpartum depression, it's good to acknowledge that it's not actually your fault. These are just things that are happening and Sometimes you seek to, you know, find out, is it my fault? Why am I feeling like this? It's really not your fault. And if it's extreme, you should definitely see someone. So once I gave birth, just a little bit of history, my pregnancy journey was not the easiest, right from having a miscarriage before, then getting pregnant again. My pregnancy journey was filled with a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of anxiety and it got worse when we got COVID, because I think I was one month into the pregnancy. So you have anxiety related to loss, then you have anxiety because of COVID. So everything is just heightened. If it's fear, it's heightened. So my journey wasn't the easiest. And I think I've shared even here before, I had extreme nausea, extreme vomiting. I had, um, when I started to just feel better, I actually lost 12 kgs in my first trimester. And when I started to feel a little bit better, maybe month four or month five, month six, I got um, into surgery. I had such bad pain, which led me to being admitted in hospital. And later they found out I had um, appendicitis. So they had to remove my appendix, six months pregnant. And Recovery from that surgery was really emotionally and physically a lot. Um, it was a lot of pain. It was a lot of pain. When the baby moved, my stomach was stitched. I was in a lot of a lot of pain, a lot of pain. So finally, I, and that was at 26, 29, 26 weeks is when I was in hospital. I remember 28 weeks there is when I left hospital. And... Um, after leaving hospital, I started to, you know, feel better. 
hoping now that, hey, God, I've been through so much. Maybe now I'll have like a seamless Hebrew bath. Like that's all I prayed for. A very pain-free labor and everything. And if you've watched my <laughs> labor and delivery story, that is not close to anything that I went through. I labored for 10 hours and only ended up in a C-section. I direct you guys to watch my labor and delivery story. So yeah, my journey in pregnancy was not the easiest. And just recently, after having switched gyners and found like a good gyner, um, I, re I realized she informed me that when you've had a traumatic pregnancy, you are most likely prone to get postpartum depression because throughout your body is just keen on survival through pregnancy. You want this baby to just come out safely. So your body is, does not mentally prepare you now for having the baby and motherhood, which is a lot. Ooh, that is a lot. So I just learned that I was predisposed just by my experience. I was actually predisposed to getting postpartum depression. Though what I know is I didn't have a good guy now, like to work with me emotionally. Like physically, they ticked all the box boxes medically, but the emotional part and the emotional support factored in with COVID was not as much present as I would have loved. So baby came and I remember the first two weeks were really filled with a lot of crying. <laughs> oh, I used to cry. I used to, my sisters can tell you. And they came and lived with me, my two sisters, shout out to Milka and Lynette. Um, they lived with me and I remember I just used to cry a lot. One, I was in pain because my wound was not healing well. Uh, at that point, we didn't really know what was the problem. You know, after a C-section, it's a major surgery. There is a lot of pain that people don't talk about. But what I wish I knew is that pain was not normal. Like for a certain period of time, it should have been going down. But mine kept getting worse. So I remember, I think one week post, uh, after I have, I have already given birth, I, my wound opened up when I was alone and whoo, that was painful. Like it had a lot of pus buildup. So it just burst open, pop. And there was a lot of pus on the floor. And that day I was home alone. They had just stepped out for like an hour or two and they had to rush back. But it's another long story, but um, I managed to be helped by a neighbor who was a doctor and she really, really, really saved my life. But what I can say is that I had serious postpartum blues. So postpartum blues are really expected after you've given birth. It's expected that you might feel like uh, you might be very anxious you might be very sad. You, you might have like irritability or feelings of being overwhelmed. You might even have like trouble sleeping. You might lack appetite. It's expected because your body has gone through a lot physically and things are trying to normalize. So I did experience postpartum blues. And for two weeks, me, I kept crying on and off. But I really thank my sister who was there. And she told me, let's go for a walk. And then I really had trouble sleeping. Like you want to sleep, the baby's awake. The baby's awake week you can't sleep like it was a lot so after that I think um, I normalized and I was okay like I think I got a good nanny to help me with the journey of motherhood um, to support me like in the house chores and everything my nanny's journey has been another one I have a video on the first year of motherhood and nannies like nannies in my first year of motherhood you should check it out <laughs> it was not so easy but I remember at month two I got a really good nanny 
And so I was able to do things that I love and, you know, like resume pole pole the things that I enjoy doing, then come back and also spend time with my baby and be present when I was there. And I remember like the onset of my depression was when this really good nanny just told me I'm leaving. Something had happened and I, I remember I had corrected her on something and she was not happy and she was like, um, the next day she told me I've just gotten another job, which was a lie, but anyway, she just left. Her leaving was abrupt for me, like I had not had time to prepare myself mentally and if you are a mom, you know that a changeover of nannies can destabilize everyone, but especially you, it can really destabilize you mentally, especially if you're ready, you're trying to get into the groove of motherhood, you're trying to get into the groove of, you know, team no sleep and everything. And so when she left, I remember, even when I was looking for a replacement, I was already starting to feel really sad. I was so sad. I was so sad, guys. <laughs> I can't emphasize just how sad I was. Even when I looked for this other, like a replacement, I was quite sad. And I remember one of those days, my husband asking me, hey, why, what's happening? Because I remember one day we were just alone and I, he, the baby came to me and I kept giving, giving him the baby. I'm like, I'm not in the space. So they would follow me in the house, kidogo to check in and I'd get more pissed. And even now at that time, you know, my baby was breastfeeding. I didn't want on that day. I was just like, I need, I want to be alone. And he kept asking me what's happening. And I remember him telling me, because I kept crying without talking. <laughs> I just kept saying, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And he was like, maybe if you write it down, we can break it down to what exactly you're feeling so that we know I want to help. The thing with men is sometimes they also want to hear your problem so that they can fix it. But at that time, I think just talking about it helped. So I'm going to read what I wrote. Um, so this is a note that I had written when I was deep like in postpartum depression. And these are the things I wrote, five things that make me feel like myself so that day I kept saying I don't feel like myself and he asked me what are the things that would make you feel like yourself and I said one time alone um, peaceful time alone e.g. drives window shopping and watching a movie number two I wrote my body I don't understand I haven't or stroke haven't accepted my new postpartum body number three I wrote vlogging I haven't had time and space to do it number four I wrote I haven't had a social life outside of motherhood no dates I basically just stay home number five I wrote I don't have, like, I need to have enough rest. Then um, I remember I asked, um, how can we solve this? And then I wrote down there one, I need to have a day of self-care time alone for me to feel good and healthy about my body. I need to have my doctor's assessment and also eat healthy. I need to vlog. I need space to channel my creativity or work on my creativity number four i wrote i need to work on my social life i need to see my friends and also i need to have quality time with my husband number five i need to sleep well to have enough rest so those are the this paper like always reminds me of 
where I have come from because it's from writing all these things, not really immediately, but from writing them down, it was very clear that I was depressed. And just reading about some of the signs of postpartum depression is insomnia, you have difficulty bonding with your baby, you withdrawing from family, you have less interest in activities that you used to love, you fear that you aren't a good mom, you feel hopeless, restless, anxiety, the, and you have thought of harming self and baby, and sometimes you think of death. It was deep, guys. I was deep in the trenches, and all these symptoms I have read I had most of them. Like I really didn't I didn't go for family gatherings at some point. I had difficulty sometimes just being around the baby. I had serious insomnia. Oh god, I had serious insomnia even when the baby slept. I couldn't just shut down. And then I never I was not engaged in the activities that I loved doing and most of it was just creating content. It's something I really love and cherish and I wasn't even doing it. I was feeling very hopeless, restless, anxious. And at some point, I actually thought of, like, if I just fall down these stairs, see, everything will be over and it will be okay. And, yeah. So, I remember Googling, do I have postpartum depression and reading the symptoms. And I used to match the symptoms. And I was like, mm, no, let me check another site. I read again. I'm like, oh, my God, I have, like, 80%. So, it took a while to just agree that I'm not okay. That's the first thing. I It took a while and I had a lot of rage. Ooh, my husband can tell you, like you'd sneeze in my presence and you'd be annoying me. So a lot of women go through these things. You blame yourself and then you feel like guilty for even feeling these things. But I'm here to just share my story to tell you that it's absolutely normal. And here are some of the ways that I managed to pick up myself and just rediscover myself after postpartum and deal with the depression and like get out of the deep trenches because mental health is really, it can go down really fast. So number one, I remember as soon as I realized I'm not okay, I went for therapy. I went to see a therapist that day. It was a long journey. She was so far away. That time finding a therapist who could do even one-on-one -on -one physical because of COVID was hard. But I asked her, can I please do a physical session? And I remember talking to her and just, she asked me about my pregnancy journey. And I cried. I really cried. And I remember she told me, I need you to acknowledge that what you've been through is a lot you acknowledge like it's not normal. It happens to you. It's a, it's traumatizing and it's a lot, but acknowledge that trauma before we can even get to heal. So it's the one time I really reflected on my pregnancy journey and agreed that, hey, I've, this is not normal. I've been through a lot. And you know, now you're bringing the same energy into motherhood without acknowledging it can be a lot. So that was the first time I actually felt seen and heard for the struggles that I had while having a baby, just carrying the baby. So it really helped me acknowledge my trauma. And even from that therapy session, I remember that she mentioned that like top of the issues were sleep. Sleep was a major issue. And I remember that day she told me since it's an issue, and then you know when you're a, you're a new mom, 
your husband's snoring affects you. <laughs> and I remember my mom asking me, "Kwani you never used to hear him snore before the baby?" <laughs> and yes, I never remembered. Maybe we were snoring together, but because your hormones are all heightened, especially the cortisol, like your alert hormones, you hear everything. You hear everything even louder because your your body wants to alert you when the baby wakes up and everything. So that hormone would make you feel and hear everything in your environment. And therefore, I was not sleeping. Even when the baby was sleeping, my husband is sleeping and he's snoring. I'm not sleeping. And it used to upset me a lot. And I remember she told me, this, to take this day, just sleep in separate rooms, give him the baby, you go sleep. I slept in the sitting room on a mattress and I slept. Like And funny thing, this baby didn't wake up <laughs> that day. But I, I remember I slept very well. Um, another thing that helped me, now I'm going to categorize, this is the mental aspect. Mentally, I decided like to take time to even just meditate. Like I would have like even 10 minutes to myself to, at the end of the day. It's hard, but I'd have it. I'd take it to myself and just think about nothing, meditate, just sit and stay still. It's something I enjoy to date. I even forget to put the TV on because I'm just seated silently. I love the silence. And another thing that can really help is to talk to someone who can acknowledge and share your struggles. And this comes with mom's circle, especially that you can tell someone I'm feeling this way and they will totally understand what you're, you're saying. So if you're not even in a position to talk to a therapist, just talk to someone. Talk to someone, share your struggles, and especially moms, but even friends who are not, like my best friend wasn't a mom at that time. I was still able to talk to her and she was still able to, you know, talk, encourage, encourage. You want to feel seen most of the time and you want to feel validated for what you're feeling. So Talk to someone, talk to a, a fellow mom who understands this struggle. It might really help you mentally. A problem shared is a problem half solved, I think. Yeah. Another thing that uh, I did was to write a f- list of like things, fun facts about myself, so that I can reconnect with myself. You know, motherhood changes you and then you focus on the baby and then you forget yourself. So I was able to write a list of things that I find even fun about myself, things I loved about myself, just to keep reaffirming myself. And that's when I even wrote, I love creating, I love... Um, I loved things. There are things I re- I loved the gym at that time. Writing those things helps me to know what direction to take with my life. So because you you definitely forget yourself in motherhood in the first day. So if you're not so cognizant of what do you really love about yourself, and not 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 you and the baby, just you. What does Maggie like? If it's food, and then also look at your body and just write things you love about yourself. It has changed. Acknowledging your trauma will help you acknowledge your body, that it has gone through a lot, and you give yourself grace to even love it better. So by writing those things, I was able to go back to those activities. Spiritually, my spiritual life had taken a backseat because when there was COVID, um, we couldn't go to church. And... I missed that physical connection. I I mean, if you were restricted from going to church online and 
because just simply because either you're vulnerable, you're pregnant, and then you give birth, you still have a newborn, so you're still vulnerable. For two years, I had not gone to church. And that, for me, that took a toll on me. I really yearned for that physical connection with people to just communion, to get, communion like fellowship together. So I would say that I remember deciding with my child, <laughs> me, I'll be going to church with you. Whether he makes noise, whether he settles, I, w- I was happy to be in that environment with him. Like church meant a lot for me. I was able to pick one or two things. And even when I was just in that space, it really, really helped me. And another thing that I decided because, of course, church can be very destructive with a little one. I would watch online sermons consistently. I watched a lot of Elevation church uh, sermons. I would watch a lot of Sarah Jakes. It helps you. I feel like connecting with God and just through his word is a way to refresh yourself because we're all from God. So it really, really helped me. Joining a Bible study or an online you know, group that fellowships together, it's been a journey looking for a Bible study, but this year we've been on and off. But just having that, having people you can share the word um, can really help. And it's not easy to get a Bible study, especially when you have a baby. To find a Bible study with a convenient time for your life can be a bit challenging. And I appreciate that there are spaces that allow for even online Bible study because it makes it easy. But just being in that space can nourish you spiritually. It's something that I did not do immediately like at I had when I had a baby. No, it's something I'm still trying to do in my motherhood journey right now just to get connected in the middle of the week through bible study social things that i did also to deal with to overcome is one was reconnecting with my partner when i went for my therapy session i knew it was a big thing that we were on two different like spaces when you get a baby it will try your marriage it, it can even break your marriage because you can drift apart there are so many psychological changes that happen to both of you differently and if you don't see each other on those points you might really drift apart so i remember we had to go for therapy together and i remember even after that therapy session the therapist saying you guys need you guys need to go for a holiday. <laughs> Something so simple. And even there are times we sit with Petrine, my maid of honor, and she'd tell us, just you guys just need time together. Like that was the main issue. You never you barely get time to connect because a lot of energy and attention goes to the baby. So I remember when we left therapy, or we left on a Saturday, on Monday. <laughs> We were on our way to our first holiday and we left the baby behind and I enjoyed a week, a week of, we were to go for two, three days, but I remember the first day was a struggle, but Dan took me out by force. He booked a place and he said, we are going. And even the first, even leaving the house, even leaving the baby, it was so emotional for me. I, at some point we reached Rungai and I was like, can we just go back? Like, we don't have to do this. But he was like, no. And I had left him in the good hands of my nanny that time. 
but I enjoyed. After I overcame all the anxiety and fear of day one, day two and three and four and five were quite easy. Like I could see how my sisters would pass by to check on him. And we enjoyed that time just reconnecting and being together. And, you know, you were two of you. You chose this person to be the father of your baby. Don't lose that connection. It's very important. So... Other than connecting, reconnecting with my partner, what has really helped was reconnecting with my friends. Reconnecting with my friends who are not necessarily moms because I needed to be out of that space of motherhood and just, we used to be friends. I mean, it's not motherhood that connected us. And I love that there was intentionality behind them. I know I reached out to my friends, Ducky and Sheila, uh, my law school friends, and I, I was like, you guys, we need to meet. And we started these meetups. They're not monthly. We can do it every three or two months. But when we meet, I love to hear their stories. They love to hear mine. I just love to talk about things that are not even motherhood. But one thing I remember they recently told me is that they really thought that when you get a baby, you need space. And I was like, the last thing someone needs is space. You need some level of normalcy just to feel like you didn't lose every bit of you. So reconnecting with them and having those check-ins when we needed has really been helpful for my mental health. Like it's something I totally appreciate that I can go for coffee with my friends and just hang out and just talk about life. And not necessarily about motherhood. On the contrary, on the other hand, another thing that helped was making mom friends. Because this journey, you can't walk alone. And then you'll end up thinking that, um, you'll end up thinking that this thing that is happening to me is just me alone. There's nothing new under the sun. Even the Bible says I, in the books of, I think, Songs of Solomon. There's nothing really new under the sun. What you're going through, someone has gone through it. And talking to people helps you to overcome and feel like you're not alone in this journey. So I made mom friends. I really used to love talking to a friend of mine online. We, we were pregnant at the same time. We've never even met since we, uh, we were in Alliance years back, but we reconnected when we discovered both of us were pregnant. So we would share, we would talk, eh, like uh, when the babies woke up at night, we'd say, ndiyo tumeamuka, ndiyo kunyonyesha, going back to sleep. Like, you would know there's someone at night just to chat with and say, by the even us, we, we've woken up this and this number of times. So making mom friends is very important. I've, I believe it will help you to understand the journey. Even mom friends who've been ahead of you, they will really validate what you're feeling. They'll give you ways to navigate. And I love that there's been community that now there are groups, WhatsApp groups. I think there's Wheels, Wheels for Life, WhatsApp community group for moms just to share, guys, I'm going through this. And people, someone responds, not necessarily a doctor, but moms respond. There's a sense of community. So if you don't even have the ability to make just mom friends physically, there are communities that you can join where mom education happens. There's Total Talks Africa on Facebook and Instagram. There's Wheels for Life on Facebook and Instagram and even they have a WhatsApp group for, for moms. That, that connection is very important. Another thing that I did for myself socially was to stop comparing my journey. You know, in the journey of social media, when you get pregnant, you follow pregnant moms. 
you follow people who have babies your age just so that you can relate what will free you from um depriving depriving your mental health is when you stop comparing your journey your baby your mother motherhood mothership <laughs> to anyone else's because your baby is unique to you i'll give an example um later on which brings me like when we talk to talk on the points that helped me mentally top of it is usually sleep i sleep trained my baby between the month um 9 and 10 i i made the decision to sleep train my baby without consulting anyone online now what made me not sleep train my baby in the first 9 months i will be honest with you was because i was online just comparing my journey whether to sleep train or not When my child was born my sister encouraged me to get into a healthy sleep routine where you teach the baby the difference between day and night where you come up with an evening routine and that really really helped so my baby knew the difference between day and night but um in the process and that's now between month 3 onwards i didn't really teach my baby to sleep independently he was quite dependent on either being rocked or being breastfed to sleep like he had those associations and even when i moved from breastfeeding i moved to the bottle and so he slept well until month 6 now the baby grows bigger and the methods you are using before might not necessarily work as they grow bigger so we go to month 7 6 7 eight now we're getting into regressions and regression just means growth and development and these things can interfere with sleep so if you are rocking before your your baby before your baby is now crawling and walking you might be in the middle of rocking and they they want to take off like those methods don't are not sustainable in the long run so for my boy running he was very associated with either being breastfed or being rocked to sleep and i had researched about sleep training but i had held off because online i was following a lot of people who were shaming the process of sleep training but these people were also not sharing the struggles of staying awake at night like your baby is not sleeping i was just seeing they are okay and this is to anyone people online will show you their best parts their best parts by the way so i remember when one night i was quite tired i mean we've come from holiday i'm refreshed but two days in i'm tired <laughs> because sleep is essential guys you cannot go without sleep for three days and just be normal you will be anxious you will be angry and i remember when i was putting my baby we've already rocked him he's now dozing you put him down he wakes up it was a saturday so my nanny had already gone for her off So I do the same thing after two hours. You put him down, he sleeps for two hours, he wakes up. And I was tired. I was so exhausted. So when he woke up one time, I think around 1 a.m. or 12, I went and I sat in the room. And I sat next to his bed and the bed had very low barriers. And I remember when he woke up now, he was learning to stand and he stood. But I was sleeping, I was sitting like this. And he reached out in the dark and I didn't see and he fell head first down that shook me that made me cry i was anxious the whole night i kept googling and google will tell you things <laughs> but i was i was like no i'm not doing this anymore i'm not uh, if if i can teach my baby to sleep if it is something that is 
scientifically possible that I can teach this baby this skill. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try before I shame it. And so I stopped comparing myself, my journey, my everything about motherhood. I stopped comparing just to focus on and see, is this what can work from for me? And I'm not saying you can't learn from other moms. You can learn from other moms, but you can't just take everything as gospel truth. So for me, sleep training was amazing. I hired a sleep consultant who helped us to sleep train. And I remember by day three, five, my baby was sleeping 11 to 12 hours and I was a new person. Let me tell you, I wasn't even able to sleep because I was mesmerized. You wake up to now check this baby who was always waking up. And it is the best decision I have ever made in my motherhood journey because it made me present. Being able to sleep maybe made me a good mom. I was no longer anxiously attached to my baby. I would be able to be there for him. I would have energy to play with him. And what we don't even know is sleep training does not only sleep, lack of sleep does not only make the mom tired, it makes the babies tired. If you, you're tired, imagine how tired your baby is. So while people would say, while you would say your baby was fussy earlier on, like likes to cry, after sleep training, I had a happy boy who was always excited to wake up and just spend time with his parents. I mean, it's the best decision I ever made in my motherhood journey. And I remember even after we finished, I decided, let me, let me go and study about sleep. And I did online courses. I have attended master classes on sleep online. I learned about sleep science in babies. And I even took it upon myself like to help a couple of people in my circle who had young babies. I've sleep trained my best friend's baby. Um, I've sleep trained as we speak. I, I just went like finished a program for a, a certain baby that I was working with. And it's been amazing. For me, there's no joy like having moms regaining themselves it's been amazing for me honestly and it's something i constantly talk about on my platform because lack of sleep is not it's something it's not something to joke with women can go crazy we go crazy angry everything you can misdirect your frustrations to people to your spouse to your baby it's such a bad place to be like i empathize with moms who have who experience lack of sleep just because of, you know, taking care of a young one, it's a lot. I have been there. I feel you. But I promise you that working on sleep will help you work on very many other aspects. So as soon as my son started to sleep well, one of the things I resumed was going to the gym. Movement. That is something because you see your body is also affecting you because you're not moving, but you're eating. <laughs> and especially if you're a stress eater, like I was at some point, you're eating because you're going through something and you're just eating. Um, going to the gym helped me physically, mentally. I felt like, woo, I could even wake up at six and go to the gym because I have slept well. You can never have enough time to exercise if your body is very tired. That's just a fact. So working on sleep will enable me to work on very many other aspects of my life, including movement. I was also able to resume my 
things that I loved. I was able to re- resume filming and I knew because I had other jobs and I'm a mom, I knew I was tired. So I sought help and I thank God for Wanini. She was heaven sent at that particular moment in my life because we've been able to work together. But for me, it was just an opportunity to channel my creativity into something I really, really loved doing, which is creating impactful content. So I was able to resume my hobbies. Another thing that I took upon myself to do was dress up. Just time to dress up. You will not get if you are sleep deprived. So I now had time to wake up, put on some good makeup, take go for a shoot or something, dress up well, just look good for the day. And not like there was a time in my life you would forever find me in breastfeeding diras. Like it took intentionality to remove the diras and just feel like myself, wear the clothes I loved. You know, when I sleep train now, my baby's not waking up for milk every single time. So by one year now, he was just not interested. He stopped. So I was just rocking my favorite clothes. And even if you're still breastfeeding, when you're well-rested and feel like yourself, take that time. Just go dress up. Wear your favorite dress. Hopefully it still fits because <laughs> again with the weight or get another good one just or do some basic makeup or make your hair. Those things make you feel like yourself. So I resumed that and I actually do it to date. Even when I'm not going anywhere, I still find myself just waking up, dressing up, staying home, feeling good about myself. Another thing I was intentional about was going for my doctor's checkup. I never went at six weeks. I remember like past six weeks. I remember when I went to the guy after giving birth and he was like, are you okay? You don't look okay. I'm like, why would you ask me? Why would you ask me that? I just gave birth. Like, <sighs> I didn't, I didn't take that question so well because what did you expect? And, and I don't know, in my journey for finding a gyna, I gravitated towards a female gyna, especially one who's been a mom, just to, because they understand. They understand the process. I, I recently got a very good gyna who we just talked. We just talked. I feel like the two weeks, six weeks checkup for moms is basically about just talking. It's just talking. When you just talk to a gyna, like to someone who's been with you in the journey, they should just be able to validate what you're feeling and be, create that space to talk. Um, one of the most traumatizing things for me was being handled by different gainers in my pregnancy journey. So the one who worked with me in pregnancy could not take me um, during birth because she, he used to deal with CSs. Like he had so many patients. So he referred me to another one. So I started a gyna search. I found one. And um uh, we had started to, you know, you getting to know each other, build a rapport, though we were not so personal also. But then you find that on the day I was giving birth, he was out of the country. Did he tell me? No. So I'm look, I'm calling. The phone is not going through. I text, WhatsApp. Then he's like, he's out of the country, but go to Mpisha. There's this doctor. I have talked to them. So I'm meeting new doctors on the day I'm in birth. They're coming to insert their hands to check how far I am. That thing annoyed me because I'm like, who are you? I've never seen you. We're going to theater with new doctors. So even when my wound opened up, I didn't know which guy I should be calling. Is it the one I started with? Is it the one who was to be there? Is it the one who did the procedure? I don't even have their number. Uh, will they even remember me? I was so confused. And finding a good gyna is one of the things that has helped me mentally to be at peace. No, just even going for a checkup or just validating the journey. 
she's called Dr. Owende um, in Upper Hill. I really loved her approach. I went just for one appointment and we just talked and she did a pap smear and a physical check. But I felt seen. I felt validated. I felt taken care of. Another thing that I did physically was to go for physiotherapy. So I was in a lot of back pain, a lot of neck pain, and I didn't know that all these things are not normal. I don't know why we normalize pain and discomfort in motherhood. These things are not normal. And so talking to getting a good physio who was able to work on my muscles after a, after a major surgery, you should just have physiotherapy. Like you go for a leg something, you get physio. Even CS, you should, you should, have, a, you should have a physio session. So I was able to work on she was able to work on my muscles she's called mary i'm going to share her number in the description box i know she doesn't take insurance but she was totally worth it she would work on my muscles i had recti diastasis something like that and then we worked on my back because these muscles here affect your back they were open like this don't you think they stretch all the way to the back they do so i was able to work on my back pain and then i was able to work on my neck and shoulder pain, which were, this took a while, I won't lie, because of the long breastfeeding hours and comfortable breastfeeding hours, I was in a lot of pain. Um, that's what was majorly causing, there's a lot of nerves that are affected. So for neck and shoulder pain, it took a long time to, you know, just recover, but doing the exercises that she gave me, it's been a while since I even went for a physio session, that shows massive improvement. Another thing I think that I benefited from was just going for a massage. It helps. It helps relax your body. I remember the last massage I went to, I slept from six to six. So go treat yourself if you can afford it or get someone to actually even massage you in the house, someone to help you relax your muscles. And then the last thing which I did, and it's a key thing for me, is I found a good nanny. Um, you might go through seasons when you are a new mom where you're trying to find someone who's the right fit for your family. Be courageous enough to change if it's not working because the presence of someone who has also not bonded with your baby or is giving you more stress is not really beneficial for your mental health. I went through really highs and low seasons in my first year of motherhood with the change in nannies. It destabilized my home a little bit and myself mentally but i'm glad i did just to try and see who is the best fit for the job the job is your home the job is your child you need to be okay with letting go of what does not serve you and your home and it's something that i i'm very patient if you've watched my why i fed my good nanny you will learn that i'm quite patient so um sometimes i held on to people who i shouldn't have held on for too long and but finding a nanny who was good for my family has been something that has helped me mentally to be at peace even when i'm able to leave home i'm at peace there's nothing as bad as you're leaving home and you're you're not at peace with whoever you've left or you're even home and you're not even trusting this person to help you one thing we, sh we struggle with as new moms is just trying to let go of the baby to the nanny so that they can also form a bond. So beware of that if you're that kind of person because the nanny is there to help you. They're not there to, like you were doing dishes before. Most of the nannies who I 
like you hire because you need help because a child has come so allow the process of bonding and if it's not working let them go because keeping them will just stress you more mentally so finding help and finding suitable help for my home and my child is something that really elevated my moods and kept me at peace the last thing last last one fill your cup emotionally you're giving a lot you've given your body you've given your body to this like journey to carry a child you've given yourself mentally physically emotionally you need to fill your cup it's not just about taking care of the baby but also taking care of you you can't pour from an empty cup and that's something i tell moms take a walk go away go away for a day during the day go to the mall take a walk do something that will fill your cup you cannot pour from an empty cup and those are the just in summary or in a long version those are the things that really helped me to rediscover myself postpartum to overcome the depression that comes after childbirth they really really helped me i'm at a better space in my life motherhood has different challenges with every stage but once in a while i still connect to the points i have shared in in this video or in this um episode to just you know i go back to touch base if it's therapy i still go for therapy when i need to be talking to someone i still do it it's something that when you feel hey i'm a little bit overwhelmed take that break go back go back to what can center you if it's your spiritual cup that's empty go fill it if it's your emotional cup your social cup or your physical cup go fill that cup because you cannot pour from an empty cup so i really hope that this episode has helped someone i really hope i believe that a, a mom will gain from this and if you are struggling with postpartum depression i acknowledge your struggles i've been there please feel seen and heard through this video and please try and put in the work just to get the help that you need mentally especially just see someone if you can or if you feel like this is something you can try and overcome take baby steps every day baby steps every day towards becoming a better version of yourself because your child deserves the best version of yourself even you yourself you deserve the best version of yourself until next time i hope to see you on the next episode of the wheat podcast let me know what you thought about this episode if you feel like you want to support my podcast um there's a till number i'm going to share if you feel like you want to be a part of my growth and everything or you even to support this podcast it's not so easy to put up everything together you can send your donation you can share this podcast with someone you can just follow my social pages the wit podcast you can follow us on the podcast links and you can subscribe to my youtube channel uh, until next time bye bye Thank you.